Let me tell you about a man that I have met. Hey. They call him Captain or Wizard. Don't oh, forget. CJ Morgan's his name, and he wanted to start a show. So we uh, did. Uh, hey. Now you're listening to him on that dang old radio. Wait. Matt, what are you doing on Instagram? We're supposed to be talking and starting a fun-filled show. Well, I was looking for this account because I wanted to talk to you about it. There's an account that's like Keep the Charm or, you know, uh, Adorable Houses. Oh, yeah, Bring Charmed Back to the CW, one of the greatest shows ever. Uh, No, it's a little different than that. And then what they do is they go around, they look at old houses, usually from like the 1930s, 1940s, 1950s. And they, you know, Cincinnati... Chicago, places like that, and sometimes they're kind of old and run down, and Detroit or whatever. But they're they're you look at them and you go, okay, man, I would love to move to that city. I would love to move to that city. And um, I noticed that they made a mistake. They made a real mistake. Yeah, it's, it's called vintage house charm. I think it's what it's called, maybe. Um, okay, or charming old houses. Anyway, they made it, it's the first time I've ever seen them post up a house from. Austin. Was it one of the Hyde Park houses? No, this house. I had a buddy that thought it was a great idea to buy and move into one of those homes that were really old until everything broke. Yeah, well, no, this one is, um, it's $700,000, it's 700 square feet, and they posted it up, and everything old and charming about it has been gutted out of it. It looks like one of these flip home flipping show kind of so, houses. Yeah, so it's just an old shell of a house that's been turned into one of the I think maybe modern... that what happened is that the market's gotten a little tighter here. I think maybe what happened was a real estate agent reached out to this nat and said, hey, would you mind featuring this house? They get paid. It was built in the 1930s. It's a bungalow. The problem is the account absolutely blew up overnight. Over 2,000 comments of people like, close your account, screw Austin. Oh, poor person. This is unbelievable. So... And what it was is people were just like, this is unbelievable. You're supposed to have this vintage house charm thing or whatever, and instead you're showing us a it, – it, that's more than $700 a square foot. This For is ridiculous. A ridiculous and, house. And then people are like, what is going on in Austin? I've been hearing about Austin. I visited Austin. I had a great time in Austin. Ain't there Why hobos would, and Antifa killing people? Well, people were bringing up a pretty good point, which is if you have $800,000, why are you going to live in this tiny house? So I started going down and responding oh, to everybody. Oh, no, Matt, you got online – How's it going? Well, I reminded Magnifique. people that what they don't realize is that sometimes it's all about location, 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 right? Okay, so you're saying this is a really pretty good spot. This house is within one walking block to Chica's Bonitas, Chica's Bonitas Cabaret. Downtown? No, it's not downtown. It's like 37th and I-35. Okay, Chica's uh, Fiesta. Also, uh, a sex shop. Dreamers. Dreamers is right there. Yes, plus cheap caskets. And I was trying to let people and remind them, know, like, hey, who doesn't want a walking score? That's what. That's a hundred you get on the walking score. Do you realize how close you are to yeah. caskets, dildos, and, uh, getting uh, shot outside of a strip club, full nude lap dances? Yeah, I mean, like, what? Great, who? great location. And in that area, uh, another Instagrammer, one of my favorite accounts that uh, also does the same thing about vintage houses, but it's called Keep All the Copper. And they go in and uh, while high on drugs, steal 
all the copper out of the AC unit, <laughs> the old piping, uh, the air ducts. It's it's great. Keep all the copper. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it was just funny to see Austin get highlighted in something we were doing, but then also shut down just so quickly. Completely crapped on. It's retro day. Today is officially Retro Day, where we celebrate any and all things retro. And when I was reading this, uh, I realized there's a much broader spectrum of the term retro than what I thought. Yeah, you mean like just radio in general? Your daughter did <laughs> my say. Daughter, my daughter says, I like radio. My friends like it because it's vintage. I, I always joke with you and your daughter because she's, uh, you know, she's she's younger. She listens to like Phoebe Bridgers and like a lot of music. The new cool stuff, I guess, that young kids are listening to that we play here. Yeah. So I always joke like, hey, am I cool? We we interviewed Girl in Red. Um, but one day she was in the studio and we said something about radio. And she goes, no, actually, all my friends, we all think radio is cool because it's vintage or it's retro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, yikes. She wanted tickets to the last dinner party. Yeah. And it sold out in less than an hour. And she was really upset and her friends were really upset that they couldn't go. Well, I managed to find a pair of tickets, and so I was like, hey, I got you a pair of tickets to go to see uh, a last dinner party. And she's like, how? And I go, well. I work in radio. So I, I work in radio, and uh, we know the, the label. And she goes, oh, well, I guess then that band's over. <laughs> no like, way. Did she really say yeah, that? She had decided. She the, she the fact that I had any contact with the band had destroyed it oh for her. Oh, my God. That is ridiculous. <laughs> that makes me. That was my number one song of I know, my dude. countdown last year. And, and now, look, because we like it, we're not. Dude, we're hot. You got to understand. We are men over 22, 23. And that is hot death right there for anything that my daughter and her friends find cool. It just I mean, ends right there. That should be good, uh, a good thing, but it does kind of hurt. Now, and if it when, helps, my daughter and her friends also love old people in certain things, but we are we haven't gotten to that age yet. Yeah, so she yeah. We are in parent mode, and so we are in the 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 parent demographic. It's when it's, we get like Robert Duvall age, where it's like, oh, I don't think you can get that old. Hat. You just have to you just have to look a little aged, and then she's like, oh, that's funny to see that on TikTok. But you on TikTok, you're a parent on TikTok. It's cringe. And that's yeah, cringe. I, I completely agree. But my thought of retro on today being National Retro Day, it was always in my head. Oh, retro's the '80s. Maybe even a little bit of disco. So in college, we'd have retro parties, and sometimes it would be disco roller skating. Usually, we would just call those disco parties. But if you had a retro-themed party, it was the Michael Jackson jacket. It was a lot of new wave. It was aha take on me. It was that was retro. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Uh, when were you in college? When did you graduate college? Uh, I mean, remember, I was there for like eight years. Uh, the year two thousand is when I started college. Okay, you started the year two thousand. Yeah. So a retro party then was stuff from around 1985, so it would be 15 years prior, yeah. which would be 2010 right now. Guess what? And that's I was going to say 90s were retro now, but oh my God, dude. But we don't have any... The 90s feel like they had the 90s, 80s, 70s, even the 60s. They all had significant cultural kind of moments, but what? what is... What do you... If you're doing a 2000s party, how do you dress up? Like what? What? What's the well? First of all, theme. Then, if there's any way you can get your hands on an OG iPod, which by the way I have one, if you need access. Sure. To, okay. If you were to walk around at a, a retro party with an OG iPod, that's kind of a winner, don't you think? And a uh, razor phone. Yeah. Okay. Now here's the other thing: emo bangs have to be insanely right. retro right okay, now. Okay. I see. I can see that. Yeah. 
A uh, white a white belt, a guy in a white belt? Yeah, yeah. That was do you remember that was the that was the edge of Scenester to have the white belt. It's hard though, I guess just because of us being older, uh way past our prime. It's harder to think of things as retro and dress up and think of them when you lived during them. Because even in the yes, 90s... That's why our parents hated when we were calling things retro, where they were like, that's not retro. That's literally yesterday. That's not really how we dressed in the 80s. Right. And, I was like, and yeah, you're not sure going to completely nail it either. But yeah, everything that you were doing while you were chasing after girls, that's all retro. Okay. In fact, yeah. your Jinkos? No, Jinkos would be 90s. Your that fiance word. would confirm that you chasing after girls... Is retro. Unfortunately <laughs> so. That's yeah. in the past. We're not doing that anymore, young man. Not, not only uh, retro, but restricted. On today's The Greatest, we discussed uh, why it's retro day, and, and we were trying to figure out what would be retro about the 2000s. Because when I grew up, the 80s were retro, so we're using like the 15, 20-year rule, so we're going back to 2000s. Right. What was retro about that? And you know what? We thought of some things. Uh, we also yeah. got some texts at 512-835-1015. Well, my brain started going. I started thinking about going. I started thinking about being at the Mohawk, looking to my left, looking to my right. What was I seeing? And what were people wearing, dressed like? We completely left the Fauxhawk out of there. Yeah. Which uh, had a real moment of about three and a half months in the city. For uh, about three and a half months, the Fauxhawk was everywhere. I'll take you back to my college days. Uh, the Jersey Shore vibe was uh, yeah. real. Tan dudes and ladies, yep. uh, frosted tips, spiky hair everywhere, like almost hedgehog. That was a big thing. Um, I feel like, uh, what did you mention? Like kind of the shirts under, like the long sleeve shirts under t-shirts? No, 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 no. That feels yeah. 90s, that, though. It, right, okay, so Josh Hartnett, that's who made it popular. All of our, through all of our time, we have always worn t-shirts underneath a long sleeve dress shirt. And then for su- suddenly, for some reason, for two years in the early 2000s, we wore a long sleeve button-up shirt with a t-shirt over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It was... Think uh, about that. Uh, Puka shell necklaces, Doc Martens. Okay. Even though that might be 90s. Yeah, the Puka... Well, the Puka shell is one of those things that's just never gone away. I mean, that started a long time ago and it keeps just coming back, coming back, coming back. Turns out six... Sick tubes are for everybody in every year, man. And any outlet mall, Quicksilver's... Oh, here's be something that would be retro. Sparks. 101X. Do you remember Sparks? No, no. Okay, Sparks was an energy alcohol drink. Prior to Four Loco, there was something called Sparks. It was a high-caffeine malt liquor. I don't remember that. That's nuts. Okay, it had a brief period. I want to say about a year and a half. And here's what I remember. You knew if it was 1 a.m. at Emo's, the old original Emo's on Red River. You knew if it was 1 a.m. because all of a sudden you could look around and everyone had a Sparks in their hand. It tasted like sweet tarts, but it was this one way to, like— Continue the buzz, but also make sure that you could make it to the after party. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Jaeger, Jaegermeister, and oh. Jaeger bombs. That was very two oh, thousand. Shivers in my nipples. <laughs> oh my goodness! I love to find another place where minimum effort, maximum reward is rewarded. It's time for parent pickup. It's the parent pickup with our friend Matt Bearden. Minimum effort, maximum reward, your catchphrase, you're saying. It's uh, it's my guiding uh, mantra in life. And uh, guess what? They have uh, just finished a long 10-year study. And it turns out, you know, people love something called HIIT, high-intensity interval training. Okay. Uh, that's where you get your heart beat up for sh- short amount of time. And, you know, when you're a parent, the amount of time you have for yourself is down to about, I don't know, the 60 seconds before you go to bed. 
Well, it turns out that there are many misconceptions about workouts. And now some experts are saying, hey, guess what? Lower intensity exercise just about any time is actually just fine as well. Okay, good. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. It's called lazy people's workouts are just as fine as anything else. As they should be. And I am stoked about this. Uh, you're supposed to. Okay, so they say um, in this HIIT world and in a lot of these aerobic work workouts, high intensity, they say, hey, you need to get to close to your maximum heart rate. To find your heart rate, you take the number 220 and then you subtract your age from it. So say uh, you're 40 years old you would end up with 180 beats per minute is what you try to get your heart to. Okay. Or close to, right? At least over between 60 and 80% of your of that, which is nuts. That's a lot. Yeah, my heart would blow up. Um, they said, guess what? You can work out way below that, and you're still doing yourself a whole lot of good. That makes me really happy to hear. Okay. Really happy to hear. In fact, they said, hey, just go for a walk. You can go walk 21 minutes of walking a day. That's really great for you. You get great. You get great uh, for the amount of time you're you're investing. You get a great return on that twenty one minutes of walking. Okay. Um, what about if you're doing twenty one minutes of other stuff, like say mowing the yard or doing kind of chores around the house? Does that kind of count? Or do absolutely do, do you, it does. Do you need to do the thing where it's twenty one minutes of kind of a constant heart rate? You know what I mean. No, they're saying, look, challenge yourself in different ways to keep yourself interested. But for a lot of us who don't really have time, or if I go to work out, all my brain does is immediately start thinking of all the responsibilities that I'm missing out on by taking some time to work out for myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. My brain immediately starts thinking of all the stuff that I have to do. And I always cut a workout short because I'm like, I need to, this is, I got to go, I got to go to the bank. I got to go by the grocery store. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. And um, I love the idea that they're just saying, hey, look. Any exercise is good exercise, but also instead of it just sounding like, hey, I guess any exercise is good. Like that sounds like a they're saying, no, no, no actually, it's good for you. Uh, yoga, dance, um, kissing. Ki yes. Heavy petting. OK, they good, didn't good. include that here, but I've decided to include that here. It's important to listen to your body That's and do fitness so regimen. <laughs> it's important to listen to your body and do fitness regimens that you enjoy and then incorporate different kinds of fitness. Sure, strength training and cardio and low-intensity training, um, but it doesn't, you know, hey, if a certain trending workout isn't working for you, that's okay. It's more important that you, I almost said you, it's more important. Mm -hmm. It's more important you find a regimen you like and stick to it. So anyway, I'm giving you all out there uh, permission to, to be, kiss. To, to do some kissing. And some exercising while kissing. I've started my own diet to help me eat less at night and get up early in the morning and it might be the hottest new fad. What's it called? Wake and shake. You look fat as I'm getting very concerned with the integrity of our organization here. CJ. You have gained, I mean, 50 pounds of fat. The man is carrying around trash bags filled with Mexican foods. CJ is fat. I see you're having a little treat. I'm little... having some popcorn, my Pop friend. Popcorn's one of my favorite late night snacks. Uh, the problem is, is, as you know, I've told you, I can't just eat a little bit. I have to finish the bag. You got to go all you're the way. Doing. And on top of that, I like to add Parmesan cheese, and you know our friend Jess Pryle makes hardcore carnivore spices, and I'll take a little bit of that and melt some butter and then dump it in there. Yeah, you go out. Not good for sleeping. Um, well, why not? Why not having that much fiber just before sleeping? Why is that not good? Well, you know what's worse? All the sugar from the milkshakes I love to make now. Nah. <laughs> um, but check this out. I've started a new 
it's I don't want to call it a diet, but a new way to motivate myself to get up early and it involves junk food. Late at night when I'm having those real bad cravings um, for snacks, for junk food, and I'll eat till like midnight, 1 a.m., and that's really bad for you because one, the sugar, the fiber, two, if you're taking in, you know, your body's process, you're not sleeping if your tummy's going blah, 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 and the heartburn, mm-hmm. oof, oof. Uh, so I tried it this morning. Last night I wanted to make a milkshake, and I'm like, I can't make a milkshake at 11 o'clock at night. That's a lot of sugar. That's a lot of milk. That's just not a good idea. And so I almost did it. I kept thinking about it. I even poured a glass of milk just to drink to get a little tease. But I told myself, I'm like, all right, if you get up early, you can have a milkshake. Like I little kidded myself. And nine this morning, as uh, my girlfriend's getting ready to leave, I'm like, you know what? The craving for the milkshake outweighs the wanting to stay in bed. And I got up and I got a milkshake. Look at me. Are you proud of me? Is that a good idea? I'm proud of you, but when I... I'm not trying to make this about myself, but I'm going to make it about myself. When I hear that you get to stay in bed until 9 a.m., just the absolute yeah. gentle warmth of that statement, and just it sounds to, amazing. Ju- and to know that for me, that's like really early. Well, that's also... That is insane. Well, you said you went to bed at 1, so I was assuming. That's eight hours then to get up at 9 yeah, that's it, when you it should, should be, be when up. I get up. Absolutely. Probably better for your mental health. Um, but I, I've i done this a couple times where late at night, instead of cooking something, I'll be like, I'll do it in the morning. I don't feel like messing with it. And then I woke up in the morning kind of craving like eggs and bacon, whatever I was going to make, and got up and did it. So this is, this is going to be my new test to myself, and I want you to hold me accountable. But I'm going to cut off my snacking at some point, like 11 or something, okay, and then just crave and think about it all night long. And then when I wake up, I'm like, I got to get out of bed because I'm so hungry. And it's an effort. It's an effort to walk into the kitchen (laughs) with my hobbled ass. I hear you. I want to be able to do the same thing. I can't because really the only thing I can incentivize myself with is uh, more sleep. So (laughs) the problem is, is that, hey, if you get up on time, I'll let you go back to bed does not work. I I had a similar thing once. Do you remember? Maybe you don't. For about a month, I smoked cigarettes. Randomly, No, I don't remember that. Okay. Um, our friend Deidre that works over at KUTX was even, I saw her at a Blues on the Green event, and I was like, oh, can I bum a cigarette? And she's like, how old are you? And she's like, why are you starting smoking now? Yeah, why were you? Uh, I have no idea. Okay. Uh, but that used to be the thing is I would go to bed early so I could wake up and have a morning cigarette. Yeah, and I would is, wake up early to that go. Is, that is, a, were you in high school? <laughs> no, it was like a couple years ago, but it felt like it. But that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to save myself a little treat. Little sneak treat. I like it. Have it in the morning. Incentivize. Um, yeah, and and maybe it'll you know it, it's also helping me eat first thing. I know a milkshake today is not the best to have. That's fine. As soon as I wake up, but it's good you for know, you. Getting the sugar, getting the milk. It's kind of like cereal. It is exactly like yeah, cereal. See, it's just it's no it's difference. Part of a good breakfast. Hey, I am not about to. Uh, I'm it's, not going to poo poo the idea. It's I think better you do than eating it. it at night. Yes, I'm not. Um, it's not wasted calories at night. I'm getting up. I'm staying up, and then I have that sugar rush. Uh, so there what if you, you turn out to be the new diet. Dr. Kellogg, and it turns out to be not only all the rage, but it's it's what we need to be doing is having a delicious ice, ice cream cr- yeah, drink yeah. in the morning. And if you're if you are an alcoholic, if you're a drinker like I was, uh, milkshakes. I don't know if there's actually science behind why it feels so much better, but you know, you drink a good milkshake, it helps with that hangover a lot. Coats your stomach. Uh, maybe the sugars replace some of the crap you lost. Milkshakes in the morning. That's what I'm all about. I told. Uh, 
right before my girlfriend left, I was, I, was, uh, I was like, look, I made a smoothie. And she's like, oh, good. And then she realized what it was, that it was <laughs> Oreo and cookie dough milkshake. And she's like, ah, well, you know, at least, at least you're up. Turns out pranking people sort of makes you undateable. Uh, Matt, I've got a list of some hobbies that make you absolutely undateable. Okay. And pranks uh, is at number one. Particularly really? mean-spirited pranks. Okay, that makes I, sense. It's just the first one. I don't know if it's ranked like that, but I guess that's why uh, I've never dated anyone in the office because I love pulling pranks around the office. But they're kind of light and fun. You've they're never dated same. anyone in the office? Not dated. Not <laughs> okay, because okay, define dating. Come on, man. What? This come is, on, what? Don't uh, you don't s where you eat? All right. Oh, you weren't s'ing. But you were sticking in skiing quite not a few, pla- quite a few no, places where you were not eating. At, not at work. All right, right, I learned you know, my lesson. at work. It's just saying that it was employees. All right. Sorry. Move Point on. Being. Move on. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's find out what else makes people undateable. Remember, uh, cuffing season is over. We're getting into the summer. This is single season. And you want to be at your absolute best. Unfortunately, it's also an election year. And one of the things that made the list in a recent survey is being obsessed with politics. politics like, yeah. way too obsessed. Like, talking about it. Does it have to be way too obsessed? Or can it just be a minimum of obsession? I think at this point is a turnoff. It's, we're it, into year, what, seven of people being hyper political? Yeah. Yeah. It's been insane. Yeah. And I know there's always been an undercurrent of it, um, but it has just been way too much and way too frustrating and angry. And you know what? When, when the Civil War comes, luckily, I'll, I'll still be undateable. Hey, y'all can fight the Civil just, War. I'm going to be over here dating. Yeah, I've been getting all the extras. Uh, so that's one of the big things. On the other hand people being obsessed with celebrity culture. So if you're really into the ring, the Kardashians, the that sort of stuff, uh, apparently it's a big turnoff. Probably more guys saying that than I, girls. But you get a lot of guys I've noticed that have, and this might also be coincide with the seven years of political stuff, but you have a lot of dudes that are obsessed with celebrities. Because at first we think of like, oh, yeah, it's just girls in their reality TV, the ladies. But we have a lot of fellows that idolize like Musk or Peterson yeah or Shane Gillis even like they their identity becomes whatever their favorite podcaster comic politician is and it's bizarre our our obsession with celebrities my entire life has been spent there's always at least one person in your classroom or in your office who still thinks that South South Park is the greatest and the fact that they can do an an impression and I say that with air quotes of Cartman Means that's their personality. Their personality. Oh, yeah, you're well, that I guy. That. No, no, dude. I, trust me. I worked in a restaurant, and there was a dude that that was his whole shtick was yeah. just doing like Anchorman quotes in in South Park. Unfortunately, he was really good looking, so everyone loved him. But I was like, I hate that guy. Uh, next on the list, also going back to my waiting tables day, smoking weed. Also, a few people said drinking. Um, I think the smoking weed thing is not quite. And again, these are 10 hobbies that make people undateable. I think it's a little more accessible. It's a little more, uh, it's less taboo these days. But Why, because you, you do it? No, not not really. I've never been that much. But I feel like uh, not too long ago, 10 years ago, if you had your buddies that smoked weed, their entire apartment and house was about smoking weed. Yeah. The dining room table had ashtrays, grinders, and a bong and pipes. It always smelled like that kind of, that that bong watery, like spilled on the carpet must. 
And it was just like their whole house was just weed centric. Everything, and it was just kind of gross feeling to be there. And it's like, all right, dude, can I just buy my bag and leave? There's a huge difference between dating a girl who eats an edible every once in a while and a girl who has grown her hair into a single dread and washes it with patchouli. And everything is about the vibes, brah. Yeah, there was just something weird. It's not as bad anymore. I but feel there was like just in like, all these things, what they're saying makes you undateable is that when you make your personality too much is into uh, one thing. Else, yeah. yeah. Uh, gambling is on the list. Uh, I get that. I can understand why. I've, I'm have i surprised that I've had like friends where this becomes an issue in the relationship. And then I'm like, oh, it why is would you super be surprised? addicting. Because I don't think about it as much. If you're young and you're dating, you're looking, you're, you should be looking to, are, am I going to make a long-term relationship out of this? And if you're looking to make a long-term relationship, everyone tells you one of the major points of contention in a long-term relationship is going to be finances. And if someone's oh, telling you, I'm no good with money from day one, it's hard to build a relationship around that. I'm sorry, honey. At least I've never had enough money uh, to gamble. Along the uh, the hobbies that make people undateable, uh, people that are extremely obsessive about their hobbies and it consumes all their time. Yeah. I get that. I can become a bit too obsessive with like my Lego stuff, but I do feel like as a hobby, I got to keep it confined to a room or a space. Oh, that's and- why you have a Lego room and a weed room. Yeah, dude, in my own ones. <laughs> uh, also, those people have zero hobbies. It is kind of weird. I had a, I had a Man, friend's... Man, we're picky, aren't we? I had a I, friend's... Don't relation- have too many hobbies. Don't have too little. I had a friend whose relationship ended because uh, one of the partners didn't have any hobbies or anything, and it just became very difficult for them to... I guess there was a bit of codependency. They started... They got married, like, right out of high school. Yeah. But I, I can see the, the yeah, hobbies My wife thing. and I had that issue. when she When I first met her, she had just moved to the city. I mean, a matter of weeks before, she didn't really have any other friends, and she didn't hadn't explored the city. She was mainly just working all the time. So all of her happiness was wrapped up in, I, I, I needed to be part of providing. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I get that. And it became a bit much, because I hadn't been in that serious of a relationship in a long time. It was a real adjustment for me. We worked it out. Okay, thanks. I hope so. I mean, we got two kids. We better have worked it out. Austin's made some more lists, uh, but I feel like these are good for longtime residents. It's no longer the best place to live if you're young, the best place, the top 10, the blah, blah, blah. We're starting to make uh, lists that appear that we're on the decline. Oh, okay. Uh, as far as the insane housing market and, and prices and stuff like that. But uh, unfortunately, you still can't afford to live here. Yeah, we made another list of uh, the things people... Who are middle class won't be able to afford in five years. Okay. Specifically in our central Texas area, this according to Yahoo Finance, which just tells me this list is going to be outdated if there's still Yahoo (laughs) existing. And I really think it is because we're going to start with uh, the big one in this city. What would that be? Things the middle class in Austin couldn't afford? The number one thing? Uh, Healthcare. Uh, Housing. Housing. Housing starts at the absolute top. Um, in high demand cities such as Austin, it's going to be impossible or difficult and much harder to afford a home than ever before. And I think uh, we are very much seeing that in, in our city. And I'm worried right now the interest rates are really bad. So the housing, it's been easier to buy homes, but that might change after the election. That's what everyone says. Um, yeah. I mean, look, it's uh, it's no different than any other supply and demand problem. We just are a little bit behind the curve. I mean, Houston would have had this exact same problem if they hadn't mastered sprawl so quickly. Same for Dallas. We just have not started building giant housing and enough infrastructure in all the surrounding cities yet. So 
we need to do what Houston did and and build neighborhoods on all the drainage swamp land. Um, we could do that. The other thing you could do is, look, enough people are who have come here for Austin to be this incredible young person's playland. They're gonna get. They're all getting knocked up, and it becomes time to start raising kids. And I have multiple friends who are like, "Yeah, we're moving back to Ohio. We're Yay, moving right, back good, to. Good. We're moving back to Michigan." I think what happens is. You came here, you had your fun, and you're like, oh, I guess I have to grow up now and go somewhere else. Get, and get a lot the of people's heck job, out of here. Yeah, a lot of people's jobs allow for that. So it may find its own stasis somehow. Uh, this one puzzles me. Private school. Something we won't be able to afford in five years. Pri- who, who can who? afford private school in I'm the first sure place? I'm not sure who ever could afford it. I will say this. That, that's always seemed unaffordable. My son, um, you know, he's a, what do we, how about the polite, polite way of saying He's a little different. Sure. And we were looking. I just thought, well, let's look at private schools. Maybe that can help him. And I looked at it, and and 10 minutes later, I was like, well, he's going to have to figure this out on his own. Good luck for you, buddy. (laughs) It ain't happening. Uh, New cars. Uh, Price also going up significantly. Hard to get a new car. Also, we're a city where you can't really enjoy your new car because you're just going to be sitting in traffic. Uh, Unlike Houston and Dallas that you mentioned earlier, we never really planned this whole roadway thing out appropriately. I mean, I hear you. I also disagree with that statement. Okay, yeah. Why? Why, why don't you have a new car then? Uh, economists have shown over and over again that building more roads does not alleviate traffic. And Agree. We know, yes, We actually yeah. know no, for I... a fact that it's contrary to what our, what our mind thinks, building more roads does not alleviate traffic because what it does is it increases the supply of lanes. And um, Yeah, no, but, I, I completely agree. Because... Which means you can then support more and more housing which means more and more people are going to fill those roads. Well, it's the same thing that an eight-lane highway is eventually going to go down to two or three. We see that now on 35, where out by 290, it's wide and there's a lot of lanes, and then yeah. you get into – there's going to be the jams and bottlenecks. What, what I meant by that is the city of Austin in the 80s didn't plan the infrastructure to have thoroughfares to get people in and out, and there's right. not really a good east-west route, whereas – if I'm in Houston, well, and we're I might get... we refuse to do anything about public transportation. And we're the only city without like a real loop. Yeah. Every city has those loops. And yeah, like you mentioned, public transportation. Uh, the next thing on here, extended family vacations. We're not going to be able to afford that in five years. Can we afford that now? It doesn't seem. When's the last time you took a week long vacation? Like a, when my fiance's parents paid for it. <laughs> I mean, that's when I went to Disney and the there you cruise. Go. Lean on the boomers. That's Let it. them help that, you out. That's about it. That's all I can do. Uh, speaking of the boomers, last thing, enjoying retirement. Um, that is something that people, middle class Austin, will not be able to really experience in the next five there. years. I'm gonna, I've gone without for all these years on my uh, voracious saver, and I'm hoping that it helps me out. When it comes to retirement days, yeah, but I also you might only retire. have one working toilet, but you know what? You're going to be able to rest easy. It's true. I do have one working toilet for four people, but guess what? I also have money in the bank, which is more important. I'm not going to retire here. I'm too. Uh, nobody wants to see a 90 year old stand up paddleboarder. Yay! Technology is coming to uh, Wendy's. <laughs> Greetings, listener. It is now time for Weird or Wired. Is it weird or is it wired? It's Matt Bearden, and he knows all. Hey, Wendy's just came out, and I let everybody know that by 2025, 
They're making a huge, huge investment in all of their stores. All right, good. You like Wendy's, don't you? And by 2025, you like Wendy's. They will invest tw- over $20 million to install digital menu boards in all of their restaurants. Is that the order yourself kind of thing, or is that just... Some will be order yourself kiosks, but mainly all the menu boards you see will be digital, and they'll be run by headquarters. Now, they say this will be great because they say, hey, guess what we're going to be able to do? We're going to be able to offer customers discounts and savings on the fly. Nice. That's uh wait, they're not going to employ people, though, and then your order's going to be all messed up. Wait, 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 wait. Where are we going with this? Slow down. Okay. Because I'm getting to the kicker. Okay. They've learned about technology from all of these startups that are doing well. One of those startups is called Uber, and that's who they're taking a cue from. Uber's doing well? Hidden in all of this big press release today about all the digital boards is something called, are you ready? Yeah. What's the thing that irks people about, what's one of the things that irks people about Uber and their pricing? Uh, that when surge pricing, guess who has the term surge pricing Wendy's listed does. in their press release today? I guess Wendy's I, I guess is going to come it, out with but, surge pricing right, right now. A Baconator is about nine dollars and seventy nine cents on average around the country. But is it cheaper if they're slower? If that's the case, I'm here's fine what they want to do in order to get you to come to the restaurant in times that are a little slower, like say maybe 10 p.m. They'll reduce the price of a Baconator to maybe eight bucks to have you show up there, right? But at between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m., the bars get out. It'll be $65 for a Baconator, See, and you'll happily well, pay it. If there's, a, if they're definitely going to make a floor. If they make a ceiling for it, like if it doesn't go over $12, because you know they're not going to go under seven or whatever. Um, if they have a floor and a ceiling, I'm fine with it. I think it's a good idea for restaurants uh, to have. You know, that's why you have the the lunch menu and the happy hour and all that stuff to get people in during slower times. I'm, I'm fine with it. Right now at around 2 a.m. when the drunks are all in line at the Wendy's that's at 7th and I-35. You're going to have furious people and you have people Wendy's. screaming at the employees because there's not enough employees to serve all the people in line, right? Yeah. But, but and you the need, prices are So up. you need to have 10 employees working there. But guess what? You could have just two employees working there and make the same amount of profit if you were charging $20 a hamburger. Not everybody's going to get in line. Most people won't get in line. But all you need are what? 10 people to get in line, and that's $200. That also seems kind of difficult to actually do surge pricing because it would be dependent on looking out at a line that can change, whereas with Uber and Lyft, they know the demand because they can... You're not realizing uh, the job that like insurance companies and, and statisticians do. They'll already know what time the times are going to be busy, so and they can not, set that okay, surge so pricing not, ahead of time, or you can just uh, dial it in from the store that you're in. I, Here's I the thing you have sense. to remember. Right now... You're going to think, well, this is a bad idea. People aren't going to go. But I remember when surge pricing first started and people said, well, no one's going to pay $100 to go from 6th Street to Cedar Park. No one would ever do that. Guess what? Every night, people pay $100 to go from 6th Street home. You know why? Because what, what we didn't think about is we were thinking about it from the perspective of young single people. What we forgot about is... The dad who got a night out with his buddies, he's a little too late. Just wants to go home. Well, and he knows that his wife is at home pissed. Yeah. So uh, he's like, I got to pay the $100 because I got to get inside. I used to walk, um, I had a spot, the IHOP at MLK, like 15th Mm -hmm. and 35. That was my downtown spot. If I could walk to there, and a lot of times I had my little dog with me. So Yeah, that's a Denny's, by the way. You you need to get straight. But it was a long hike. 
Sure. But that's when I got there, I would be out of surge pricing. And uh-huh. usually it would be 15 bucks cheaper to get home. So that was my goal every night. If I was partying downtown, would be to get there. But there was one night where I'm walking that way and I'm getting closer and closer. And the surge is, it's not dropping, it's getting more expensive. I'm like, what the hell? And then I see fireworks go up in the sky and I hear the noise. I'm like, oh no, there's a UT game. <laughs> and I just walked <laughs> into the worst of it. And so my only option is to. Head east down MLK, which at the time was not where a white boy with a little paralyzed dachshund should be walking. Will it work with Wendy's? We'll see. TBD. Don't talk ass to Kevin Durant and how to win Love is Blind. The internet has never been so easy. The internet. Matt, it's time to take a peek at the internet and some things that have uh, tickled my tummy with uh, laughter. Do you, do you ever have to watch Love is Blind like I do? Do I ever have to? Yeah, do you have, a, do you have someone you live with, your kids, a partner that enjoys that weird... Are you asking if I have a woman in my life? Yes, I do. You know I do. And okay, you know yeah. damn well that I've been watching Love is Blind. Well, in the most recent episode, there's a uh, woman named Chloe who's a flight attendant. She wants to f- find love. And uh, she was describing herself to one of the guys. Because you don't see each other. You're in pods and the you pods. just talk and that's how you fall You're in love. describing this to listeners. I think you think that this is more of an underground sensation than it is. Yeah, love I know is it's Blind is more people know, can tell you who Matthew is on Love is Blind than they can tell you who the president is. Uh, okay. I don't doubt that. Um, yeah. Anyhow, back to Love is Blind. She says, uh, you know, my friends kind of say I look like Megan Fox. I don't think I do. It's right. just the long hair and eyes. Right. And that's all the dude heard was Megan Fox. Right. Uh, and he and, zoned in on that. Oh, dude. And then he said he loved her real early, and now they're together, and he's already like, ugh. My, we were in bed, and my Could, wife reached over, and she grabbed me, and she goes, does she look like Megan Fox? I go, no. She looks like and a bell. My wife said, is he going to think she looks like Megan Fox? And I said, she has absolutely hooked this guy in he's, and reeled him in, no matter what he tells himself. Dude, he zoned in. Listen, I, I do think she's attractive, but she is a little bigger and bell-like and has kind of a horse face. <laughs> oh, oh. So, God. So he's, it's been rough because he is, and it's become a point of contention. But I found a TikTok that, uh, she's more of a Megan Hound than a Megan Fox. Yeah. Uh, I found a a TikTok that says how to get proposed to on Love is Blind. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't personally see it. Don't get too excited. Um, but a lot of people say that I look exactly like, what's her face? Um, (laughs) Barbie movie. Margot Robbie. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't see it personally, but people say it's like I'm like her twin. It's just weird. I don't even watch TV or know movies or anything, but apparently I look exactly like oh, this girl. Lisa Beyonce. Euphoria, I think. <laughs> Sydney Sweeney. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, so, so it's just a TikTok of that, but that's that's kind of the funny, the, the parody thing about it is that I, I forgot that on Love is Blind, she did kind of be like, oh, what's that? She, you know, she's Transformers. and Oh, she acted like she didn't know. She, she kind of danced around it. If anyone's ever said to you, oh, my God, you look like Megan Fox, you know that you're like, yeah. that feels good and you know who you're, and you now, know who that is. poor Chloe from Love is Blind is going online to be like, hey, that friend that told me I look like Megan Fox, please come forward. And it's like, oh, you got busted. But it is kind of crappy that the dude's being an ass about it. Speaking of asses, if you're going to set courtside at a basketball game, be polite, especially my fellow Mavs fans. I want to show you these two people that look like the children of a used car. The guy that owns all the big used car lots with the commercials in Dallas or 
Matt, maybe they even look exactly like radio listeners. Okay. And that's how they got this spot. But they uh, they called Kevin Durant a bitch at a game recently, and he was not having it. He turns right around. And then they try to be like, no, it's cool. We're just... But look at him. Don't they look like radio listeners? Like they won these courtside seats? Um, she, she looks way too old to be yelling. Uh, and, he, and the guy's trying. He's like, hey, dude, I'm sorry. We. Uh... She looks way too, or he looks way too homeless to have courtside seats also. It's just weird that they're there. But uh, you know what? Don't pretend to be Megan Fox. And don't talk crap. I don't know if you've ever set courtside for an NBA game. Have you ever looked at Durant's uh, Twitter stream? Uh, no, but I've looked he at does him. Not, and he, he is a big man. He's enormous. Uh, he also does not. He he he's like you. He suffers Even, no fools. But despite all of his fame, fortune, and the fact that he'll go down as one of the greatest, he's still very bothered by anybody talking s. Oh uh, yeah. And he will go after each and every person on Twitter. He he will fight you. Did you know? Welcome to learning, to facts, to finding. Matt, I thought, did you know? I don't let you start did you know a lot, so did you know you should start it today? Fine. Did you know? Did we know? You're familiar with Tom and Jerry cartoons, aren't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Do you see them as like the the peak of Western culture and something that should be rewarded? <laughs> Why are they getting the Nobel Prize? Uh, Tom and Jerry cartoons have won over seven Oscars. They've been nominated for six others they didn't win. Okay. Oscars. Oscars, not Tom and Jerry. So they had movies? Oscars. Not Emmys? All right. Well, that's uh, well done. Someone who should be nominated for Oscars in movies, a clever comedian, uh, actor, whatever. He's got a golden voice and is weird as hell. H. John Benjamin, uh, who he played, he's an archer. He's Bob from Bob's Burgers. He was the can in Red Hot uh, or Wet Hot American Summer. Um, did you know H. John Benjamin? Has an entire jazz album. Did know that. Uh, where he plays piano. Yeah. But he doesn't know how to play piano. Yes, I'm at familiar. All. But he made it. That works for jazz, right? It's really good. You want to check some of it out? Yeah, absolutely. Let's, it's uh, He wears like, uh, I've seen it before, he wears like a helmet on the cover, he right? He looks, yeah. He He's looks, dressed like Evil Knievel or yeah, whatever? Absolutely. Let's see how it goes. That's great. That's great. And uh, just that uh, it's, it sounds so out of tune also. <laughs> well done. I really enjoy H. John Benjamin. He's had some some other fun things. Did you know? Did we know? Speaking of uh, comedians and comedic families, you know the actor Marlon Wayans, one of the Wayans brothers? Absolutely. Do you know he was originally scheduled to play Robin in Batman Returns. That's a movie all from all the way back in 1991. Uh, okay? l- luckily you avoided that. That movie like, sucked. 30 some odd years ago. But he was put into a two movie holding deal and he signed a contract. Now, he never was in the movie, right? But because of that, every time the movie plays, he gets paid for appearing really? as Robin in a movie he never played Robin in. Yeah, he's been making mailbox money off of Batman Returns. For over 30 years. That's the way to do it. That's a great way to do it. Get some money. Didn't have to be in the really bad uh, movie either. Uh, Did you know? Astronauts of Project Mercury, the first human space flight program from the United States, uh, flew with rectal thermometers in them. Did it to record their body temperature during the mission. (laughs) Uh, So they 
said, hey, just sit here. They did it for at least six-man flights. However, the uh, thermometers were eventually replaced with uh, penal thermometers. Much better reading there. Uh, Uh, Oral thermometers. I made that up. Okay, I was going to say, that sounds not comfortable. Uh, None of it does. lastly, in today's Did You Know? Did You Know? It is single season. We just got past cuffing season. You are now allowed to break up with whomever and move on to the next. In Germany... There exists the only tree in the world with its own mailing address. It's called the matchmaking tree. It receives about a thousand letters per year from singles looking for love. So if anybody wants to write to the matchmaking tree, you can, and the tree will respond. I think somebody must take the letters, maybe Santa. Uh, it's estimated that the tree is responsible for over 100 marriages. And that's your Did You Know? Play us out, H. John Benjamin.